third minute at Old Trafford. Welcome to Kringle Talks Football. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Kringle Talks Football. With me, Mr. CJ Wright, Chris Kringle. Um, Glasses are smart, that's a very good start. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on YouTube at Mr. CJ Wright. For those that are listening on um, audio only, obviously you won't be able to hear me, I'm going to put this out as a podcast as well as the post-match uh, review. So not an instant reaction podcast at all, but a um, yeah post you know. Uh, reaction video, whatever it is. Uh, so we'll get right into it. Um, Everton 2, Arsenal 1 was the scoreline on uh, Saturday evening. Um, another defeat for Mikel Arteta. Uh, another poor display by certain individuals. And there was a couple of moments where you know, some individuals stood up and took, you know, took the took the onus and took took notice. But overall, not the greatest performance by Arsenal. Uh, again, um, you know, again we had all the possession. You know, Arteta came out afterwards and mentioned about the probability and the percentage-wise of us winning the game compared to us losing or Everton winning. Uh, he said last season after we won three-two that the possibility of us winning the game was twenty-five percent. And the possibility of winning on Saturday was 67% in our favour. And obviously it had come up that we lost. Um, Burnley, he said, was 3%. Spurs was 7%. And again, we lost both those games as well. Um, so I started with the lineup, And I said it on the podcast with Adam the other day that I was, you know, hoping, excuse me, to see us go to a back three, which we did. We had um, Leno in goal, uh, holding Louise Tierney. Amy's Mellon-Niles, uh, Ceballos, Elneny, Saka, and then a front three of Pepe, Enketia, and Willian. And I'll start with Willian, because this man seems to have something over Arteta. This man seems to, he wants to, or, you know, the powers that be, have made it painstakingly clear that he is going to be in the squad, regardless. He didn't play against, or he didn't start anyway, um... Against was it Southampton that we drew home to? He didn't start against Southampton. Am I missing that? Did he not start against Southampton? I don't know. I don't think he started against Southampton. But somehow he starts again on Saturday. And after 20 minutes, after Everton going to get their goal, and you look at the replay of how they scored their goal, you see Willian strolling back. Um, not even strolling, walking back to get into a position of potential defensive shape. Um, and he, from that moment on, was just terrible. Second half, we came out and he was actually a lot better. I'll give him his due. He actually tried more when he would move more centrally after um, Lacazette came on. And um, he actually did produce a lot more in terms of trying, you know, creating, but... Again, it's not a lot when 
we don't actually register that many shots on target and he's not really at the fulcrum of that. So, you know, he somehow is still in the squad, you know, and you look at the Dubai trip where apparently a lot of the other Arsenal players are not happy. The fact that he went onto the Dubai trip apparently with Arteta's best intentions and, you know, best wishes, came back in and was straight in the squad the next game. You can't look at that and not say there's some preferential treatment of of uh, of William. When you look at like Pepe, who gets sent off against Leeds, it's not something that he's very he's not accustomed to. He doesn't do that often, but he gets called. You know, uh, he he he's been told that he's let the team down. And it's unacceptable. But yet, William still plays game after game where he's only registered one shot on goal in 14 Premier League games. That's an embarrassing stat. Um, there's not much more I can want to say on William. There's not really much more I want to talk about William. Uh, but it feels the need to be said that he has been a really bad signing. And I said it in the last video and I said it on, on the podcast that Arteta needs a very big January. You know, there's conversation about Emi Bendir again coming up, popping up with a couple of uh, reliable um, accounts who have said that we're interested in Buendia and it will take between 20-25 million pounds to sign him but there are other clubs interested it's just whether or not we are that interested and we want to go that far with it but he scored a goal and assisted on the weekend for Norwich so you know the, the fact that he is still producing numbers himself is is a good thing and we are lacking in creativity by a lot so that would be one to, to really be looking at in January transfer window, especially considering Edu's come out this week and Arteta again to say that creativity in the midfield is something that we are looking at in January. A lot to look at. We, we are desperate for somebody in, in January to look at. So it'll be interesting definitely to see if we can bring in that person, uh, whether it is Buendia, whether it is our like we've spoken about, whether it is a couple of talks about a Lille player, Renato Sanchez, who was on loan at Swansea. Yeah, there is talk about him as well. Lille going through a, a situation right now financially where they need to either sell players or get a takeover. So he's one to look at as well in terms of players that bring him in. But it's going to be a, it's definitely going to be something to look at in January. And um, for those of you on Twitter that follow uh, at Groover Blog, who by all accounts lives in France and you know is a very very knowledgeable Arsenal fan. Uh, I'm going to get him on the podcast during January transfer window just to get a bit of a discussion as to who we can look forward to maybe linking with in, in, in Ligue 1. What uh, players there are to look out for. Um, there's rumours of uh, Memphis Depay being you know uh, available for as little as 5 million euros. Uh, I mean, if it's a 5 million euro transfer and you're, you're not too convinced about any of your forwards, he's not a bad shot to look at. Um... The, I think it's the Big Football Podcast, I think. And I might have just completely got that wrong, but they've put out a, a story today that following Balogun's contract talks are not really at any progressive stage. Uh, there's interest from Germany and Italy, and unless we sign him to a new contract, he's definitely interested in a move abroad. So I think, again, that's another one to look at in, in January, and hopefully, by all accounts, by all intents and purposes, we can get that one sorted. Um, because I think 
we've given the likes of Eddie Nketiah and Alex Lacazette enough chances to show that they're ready in the Premiership or at least ready to, to produce something for the club and they are not doing it on the level that we as Arsenal Football Club um, require them to be at. So we'll move ahead of ourselves a little bit. So we'll go back to the game. Um, like I said, second half, we were fantastic to all intents and purposes, to an extent. Uh, we had a lot more of the ball. We had a lot more chances. We actually were putting in crosses to people. We weren't just lofting them in, hoping that somebody might get on the end of it. There was a chance for Willock. You know, there was that driven, low-driven cross-across by Maitland-Niles where nobody was there, but all it took was somebody to have the right mindset to get into the box, get into that six-yard box and just tap one in. Um, we don't have that at the moment, but a lot of positives in the second half. One of the positives being Gabriel Martinelli came on, made his comeback after nine months, or seven months, I think it is, but that's one positive to look at, and that's a positive going forward that we know you saw when he came on, 100 miles per hour, he's just there all the time, just moving the ball forward and he's wanting to progress the ball, which is a fantastic thing to see, considering now that Aubameyang could be out for a number of weeks. He's not going to play uh, midweek against Man City, possibly not going to play against Chelsea. Um, speaking of Chelsea, um, again, um, Chelsea correspondent Yunus Hajhamu, uh, who has his own podcast, I think um, Blue Podcast, I think it's called, as well as his own YouTube channel, Eunice Talks Football. I'm going to get him on probably after the Chelsea game to discuss um, the Arsenal-Chelsea game and what his thoughts on the Arsenal situation is, having been through the position that Chelsea were in a few years ago under Mourinho, where, spoiler alert, I worked for Chelsea, so I was seeing it sort of firsthand and how the players were, and I can, you know, obviously give him a bit of insight into that similarly to how the Arsenal players might be feeling right now. It, we'll get into that again, but um, look out for that podcast probably 27th, 28th of December of this month. Um, but definitely something to have a conversation with Eunice about. But um, yeah, second half, obviously, Everton get the second goal with Yeri Mina. It was stupid from Arteta from the set piece coach from whoever was involved but you don't put Nicolas Pepe who's you know maybe what six foot six foot one on somebody who's six foot six just doesn't happen you when Yeri Mina was at Palmeiras he number of occasions or a season at least he got into double figures of goals just from the corner situation so that was not a good look for Arsenal that was not a good look for Arteta not a good look for the set piece coach and it's definitely something you think about working on. But, you know, you can say in hindsight, but well, we've only conceded the one goal before that from a set piece, and that was an own goal. We've been very, very good at set pieces, at defending them at least. Not scoring them, but defending them at least. So, you know, something's worked. Where it's just that the players that we're playing against, the opposition have been that bad, or we've actually been really good in the set pieces, who knows. But, um... That's definitely something that they might need to look at going forward, especially with you know how we defend corners. Um, but like I said, like I said a minute ago, Arteta, Edu, the board, the Arsenal team. There's there's you know talk that Arsenal are going to make funds available for Arteta in January. How many players do we need? I said it on a previous video in a previous podcast that it doesn't matter. For me, I don't care. 
if you don't register more players. Because clearly the players that you're currently registering are not good enough. If it means you have to say to them, listen, we're not, we don't want you anymore, please find another club and you don't want to do that, fine, we're not going to register you, you can go and play with them 23, you can go do whatever, I couldn't care less. We need to bring in players that are going to get this club away from 16th, away from the relegation zone and away from the bloody banter from the rest of the bloody Premier League clubs, fans, you know, constantly laughing at us um, every time we lose because it's happening very, very, very regularly now. Um, so, moving forward again, there will definitely need to be um, conversations to be had um, regarding Arteta, and I said this on Man United special podcast that I did recently, that if after January we miraculously make these signings that Arteta wants, not just the board, but Arteta says, these are the players I want in these positions and these, you know, to move us forward. And we are still in a position where we're losing games, we're not creating much. Then the board need to look at, is Arteta the right man? And for me, the board will also need to look at how much blame does this come on Edu? Because I said it previously, Arteta says he wants Willian but you want in a 32-year-old person to come in to be your saviour? I don't know. Surely there's someone above that that says to you, why do you want Willian? Why do you not want to invest more time into Nelson? Why do you not want to look at someone else? You know, uh, Rebe Eze, who's moved to Palace for 20 million, is looking like a much better option right now than Willian did. And I guarantee if you, you know, do the figures of how much we're paying William per week to how much we probably could have been paying SA per week, including that £20 million transfer, there won't be a lot more differences in that. Yes, the board backed him in terms of signing party. For all intents and purposes, the board looked like they tried to back him in trying to sign our... You know, there's reports that his brother wanted an extra €10 million Euros and, the, you know, the, the board, Arteta Reggie, weren't happy to go with that. There was other rumours that we offered Guendouzi plus 20 million euros, which obviously Leon just went, what the hell is that? And they wanted more. We went for a second bid of 43 million euros. There's all these reports and, uh, and conversations being had about how much the figure actually was for our, but um, the board have clearly backed him. They just need to back him more in terms of getting more players. And I said this again, you can't go through a Chelsea transfer window where you sign every player that you are linked with. You know, you don't, you know, you're not linked with everyone. Like Chelsea were linked with Chilwell, they signed him. They were linked with Havertz, they signed him. They were linked with Werner, they signed him. They were linked with Zayt, they signed him. Silva, they signed him. Mendy, they signed him. Every single player Chelsea were linked with, they signed him. We, unfortunately, are not in a position to do that because we have a hefty squad, we have too many players. And you know, the summer transfer window, like has previously been mentioned on other podcasts, I've mentioned it, 12 players minimum could be gone in the summer. So you're looking at free transfers going, players who are no longer required, players who you just need to get off the wage bill, players who are just rubbish, simple as that, will be gone in the summer, hopefully. Then it's a case of replacing them. And the summer is a massive thing. So. If you don't have Champions League money, you don't have Europe, Europa League money even, you know, it's not a lot of money, but you still have a lot of money there to sign, you know, four or five different new players as well as bringing in some of the cheaper options. You know, you, you only got to look at, I said, I mentioned it in a tweet yesterday, but 
players who come in from the championship who are thriving. We've seen in the past, Andy Robertson. Uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum, for all intents and purposes, he, was a, he got relegated to Newcastle, but he still was a relegated player. Moussa Sissoko went to Tottenham. Um, Jordan Henderson from Sunderland. And in this season, Matty Cash, Aston Villa, who left from Nottingham Forest. And it wasn't a big transfer fee. I think it was about either £12 million. Pounds. You know, we're linked with Buendia for £20 million, £25 million. Uh, Max Ahrens, £20, £25 million. Ben Godfrey went in, from Norwich to Everton for, I think, £20 million. Pounds. And he was absolutely fantastic against us the other day. He was fantastic up and down the field, quick, fast. You know, you can look into the championship and find some good players that are good enough for your squad, especially better than what you have. Um, you know, I think we can probably maybe all agree that Sabayas is not good enough. He had that moment after the restart where he was fantastic for us. He was, you know, everything we wanted. But he didn't throw up any numbers. He weren't assisting. He wasn't scoring. He was just showing that he could play in a position that we could use at the time. But we still lacked the creativity around him. Uh, you know, my... I would love to see a three-man mid, midfield of party, hour and, you know... A Grealish or a Buendia. Not in the same level as Man City where they've got Rodri, De Bruyne and Silva, Rodri, De Bruyne and Gundogan, Rodri, De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva, but you've got three players who, you've got one who can still move the ball about, who can defend, who can attack, but then you've also got your creativity there and there, but they're also willing to move back, they're also willing to, you know, move into the channel, so, um, going off topic slightly, but another defeat against Everton, another Another display where Everton got the lead 2-1 and then just sat off us. They sat back, allowed us to attack, with not really doing much with it. Not a lot of intent and purposes by Arsenal. And they saw the game out. They were, they, you know, we could have scored. We probably should have scored a couple of them. But, you know, we... Another defeat. And we got Chelsea at the weekend at home... Uh, we've got six more fixtures coming up where you look at that and you think, okay, how many of those fixtures, or five in the Premier League, how many of those fixtures are we going to get points at? And I'm looking at maybe eight because we've got, um, let me have a quick look at the fixtures. We've got Chelsea this weekend. Uh, I'm sure we've got Crystal Palace coming up uh, at some point. Uh, so these are our next five fixtures, including, well, Man City this week. You know, that's in the, Champ that's in the Carabao Cup. We're not going to look at that too much. But we've got... Chelsea at home on Boxing Day. We've got Brighton away on the 29th. We've got West Brom away on the 2nd. I can see us losing to Brighton. I can probably see us getting a draw or a defeat at West Brom because they've got Sam Allardyce. He'll just pump the ball forward. And if they get a goal, they'll sit back, defend, and they'll, you know. Then we've got two home games back-to-back. -back. Newcastle at home and Chris Palace at home. Now, in yesteryear, in past years gone by, you'd have looked at that and said, that's six points guaranteed. You might as well give us points. We'll see you later. But not recently, it's not this season especially. Newcastle are not a bad team. They've got Wilson up front, they've got Fraser, they've got good creativity in their team where they can still hurt you. Palace with Zaha, with Eze. Zaha loves to play against us. He wants to play for us, but he loves to play against us. Eze, who's a creative player, but uh, Benteke is back and he's firing, then he'll be a problem. Um, Sorry, the Newcastle first game home is actually a FA Cup game, but then we've got Newcastle anyway after the Palace game, so it doesn't make a difference. And then we go to Southampton away on 
26th of January. By that point, you're already three and a half weeks into the January transfer window. So you'd like to think we've already got players in at that point. And then the next game after that is Man United at home. So how much hope do I have? Not a lot. But if we get the players in in, in, in January that we're looking at, you may be looking and think we could do something. And hopefully, just a 1-0 win. Just a 1-0 win or a 2-1 win or a scrappy win just to get the confidence flowing and push back up that table. I don't care now if we finish 10th, 8th, 9th, 7th. I don't care as long as we are not in the bottom half of the table fighting relegation every week, coming on and going, oh, another defeat, oh, another boring game. I'm not bothered about that anymore. I just want us to start winning games. You know, if we have to put all the onus into the Europa League, it's a tough game. Um, I'm not fast. Just do it. So listen, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Um, for those listening on the podcast, like I said, I'm going to have Eunice on just after Boxing Day to discuss the Chelsea game. In January transfer window, at some point, where we're linked with a couple of players from Liga, and I'm going to have Groover blog on. And coming up to the Newcastle game, I'm also going to have a you know a friend of mine who's a Newcastle fan on at some point as well. And there is some potential that is being discussed that I'm going to start doing a Fantasy Premier League podcast two, two, um, two days a week potentially um, so look out for that if it does go ahead obviously I'll, I'll put some more info if I do but until next time guys Twitter Mr. CJ Wright YouTube Mr. CJ Wright like, comment, share, subscribe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on the podcast and until next time guys peace out